0: live life with no regrets
1: (laughs) i'm just incredibly lucky
0: (laughs) let me be who i want to be every single thing happens for a reason i'm grateful to have legs hello and welcome back to the building happiness podcast now today i'm joined with rob who's a friend of mine from university he's 19 years old studying design but he's got a really interesting story to tell now, I've never heard the story before, so I'm really eager to hear what it is. But let's just get straight into it, Rob. So would you be able to tell me what your story is?
1: Yeah, so basically, I had an event last year that really, in, in a sense, changed my life um, because... Up until um, last year last year in the summer, uh, I'd have to say I've had a pretty normal life, Uh, apart from being born um, 11 weeks premature, I think it was, or something like that, which is mad. Um, But I, of course, never really experienced that. That was more Mm -hmm. of my parents and family having to go through that. Um, But essentially, I I felt like I had a pretty normal life and that everything had been going really perfectly. Um, And I'd completed A-levels and I thought, I'm, I'm on my way. This is going well. I'm going to go to uni. This is all going great. Um, and then I'll never forget that on the 27th of June, uh, I was on a date with uh, my girlfriend at the time. And um, and essentially, uh, I don't even know how this happened, but I was in the park and I was on one of these circular swings. And I was just swinging along and then decided to get out of the swing. And I hurt myself somehow um, in shall we say the lower region in like the private parts around uh the groin area and i really hurt myself and i didn't really understand what it was eventually this pain uh became so bad that um i was just telling my mum uh, when i got back to the to back to the house that i needed to go to hospital um And so from there on in, I then spent uh, two nights at hospital being very confused about what the hell was going on, and doctors most of of the time coming back and saying, oh, it's probably something that will just be the antibiotics will sort out. Um, And then I got the shocking news um, that I was told that I had testicular cancer uh, in my left testy. I had two lumps in my left testy, which were so small that I didn't know anything about them. Um, and so uh, they said that I had testicular cancer and that was kind of a bit of like a big bombshell uh, that I then had to try and overcome with everything. And, uh, and so from there on in, I then went, had an operation a couple of weeks later, which was then to remove the left testy so that, um, the cancer wouldn't spread any further and just to make sure that it wasn't in my blood. I then also had a, a round of chemotherapy later in the summer. Jeez. So yeah, it was, it was a big, oh, big impact on my life.
0: Damn, so you were 18 at the time?
1: So yes, I was 18 at the time, yeah. going Life was going great, had a girlfriend, had a really happy life, everything was perfect, and then big bombshell.
0: Uh, that's that's like a... <coughs> sorry, that's like a... That's that's one of those things, it's like there's no warning and that kind of stuff. It's just, no. how did that kind of impact your life from there?
1: So essentially, um at in the beginning I think I took it quite well and it was purely because I just remember the doctor saying you've got testicular cancer, but the survival like success rate is a hundred and ten percent, even though that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I knew I <laughs> Yeah, it makes no sense at all, but at least I knew I wasn't going to die. And so that's where, like, straight away I took that positive and was like, every time you hear cancer, you think someone's going to die. And so hearing cancer and being told, no, you're going to live no matter what happens, I was like, okay, I can deal with this. Um, And there on in, uh, I have to say, um, after the operation, uh, I felt some of the worst pain that I've ever felt because um, I believe one of your – uh, how do you say this, one of the most sensitive nerves that you have goes uh, goes down towards your um, uh, scrotum and around that area. And because they removed my left testy, they had to cut that. And so that meant that um, for a couple of weeks after the operation, I had severe pain down there, meaning that I couldn't walk, I could barely get up for about a week. I was mm-hmm. just kind of bed bound. And, and, and to be honest, that was where uh, everything just kind of came into perspective. And I started having thoughts that really uh, you shouldn't be having, like suicidal thoughts, and thinking how the hell can I get rid of this because it, it's just plaguing my life and I hate it. But the only thing that kept me going was family and friends and my girlfriend, and and for the fact of that, I knew that there must be there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and so I thought the only way I'm going to get through this is I have to fight, and it, it's the it's the only chance I've got. And, and as I went on, my mental health was a bit wavery, I'd say. Um, and then I, I eventually, went, once I got to university, uh, it was a very weird world because everyone was around me having fun in freshers and I didn't know what to do because um, the chemotherapy makes you feel really tired and a lack of energy. And so it meant that I kind of was a bit like in the middle of freshers wanting to drink and wanting to go out and party and everything. But I couldn't. I just didn't have the energy, didn't have um, the, the motivation even, uh, or, the, or the happiness at the time. Um, and so, yeah, it, with everything that happened last summer, it, it impacted me heavily. And, uh, and so realistically, it was good in the sense because it gave me a life lesson of learning how to be, be happier and learning how to get out of such a, a dark time. Um, but of course, on the negative side, it did send me on quite a, a dark path which I'd never experienced before in my life.
0: Um, and what were those kind of key things that you took from that to be
1: more happy? So, th- so one of the key things I'd say is that um, so back in November, December time, I, I went to counseling at the university um, at Loughborough University. And, uh, and that what what I got talking with the counselor a lot about was to do with perspective. And and something to be fair, which I picked up through going the experience of having uh, cancer, um, was the perspective of that uh, that was my big moment of going. Oh, there are actually people who are worse off than me. Like I was going around the the ward where I was having chemotherapy. I only had one round, and there were some kids there who had leukemia or other cancers, and they were having to have ten rounds. They'd lost all their hair. Their their parents were always seemingly to be in tears, and I was just thinking, in a sense, I am lucky for the fact that I didn't get um, a cancer that was that bad. Or mm. there are even kids there that are set on to have cancers that are terminal, and so they've only got a few years to live. And I was talking to some of the nurses and thinking, "Gosh, like this, this is mad," because I've been given, in a sense, this chance of coincidence that I happen to hit my left. Uh, testy on this swing, which then led me to then finding out that I had testicular cancer. And if I hadn't found out and left it for a much longer period of time, so like say i out about it next year, I have the chance of having a terminal cancer which could have killed me. And so th- that perspective that I gained from going through that experience really helped me to understand that no matter how dark a place you're in, there is always going to be someone that's got it off worse. And so you've got to be so grateful and so thankful for the things that you have around you. Um, those are two things that I'm
0: almost, I'm not glad that you went through the pain and the suffering, but I'm glad that you got those things on the other end because mm-hmm. having gratitude and perspective is something that, if more people had the world to be where I place you know yourself from the happiness that you kind of get now mm. compared to the yeah. way that you thought things were life is just too precious
1: it is it, it really is
0: It just it's it's the fact that we're alive the fact that we can like like you said the you, the fact that you're on this podcast now and we're talking about this if you didn't then like everything could have been so different and you said yourself as well, when I've told you before that you, you now because you feel the happiness, you want to share the happiness with a lot of other people as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, I I have a lot of um, I have a lot of I don't know what to call it, but like motivation within me. Um, which to be fair, I had even before the cancer of that I want to make other people's lives better. But now through going through the cancer, I see that there are some people going through. Worse times than even I went through then, and I want to make sure that they're not having such a bad time because they don't deserve it. Like Mm. one of the things that that was said by so many of my friends was, "Why you, Rob? Like out of anybody, why you?" And and it made me think also of like that that happens for other people across the world of that of where they're having to go through death, they're having to go through uh, where they have no money and stuff like that, and. It, it just happens to be that has happened to them. It's not because they're a bad person or anything like that. It just happens to have happened for them via coincidence. Um, and personally, I'm a Christian, so I believe that there is some divine intervention in that. Um, but, of course, for those that don't believe in that, for the coincidence of that to happen for those people, I don't think it's fair at all. And so I want to be part of that movement of helping people to improve their quality of lives and, make everybody happier because they deserve to be happy what's the point of being on this planet if you're not happy
0: (laughs) i completely agree if you're not happy then there's there is nothing there there's nothing left but you talk about how you got through this and now you want to help other people the interesting thing for me is that when people go through this like you went through it somebody else went through it with different knowledge different life experiences that could um, broke them, it made you, and it turned you to a bad person who wants to help others and show others. But without the knowledge and the support that you had before the event occurred and during the event occurred, without that, you have no idea what path I could have took you on.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. Which I think as a natural kind of right, it should be taught how to be happy, how to have perspective, how to be grateful from a young age. Because like you said, Life doesn't give a warning shot. Life doesn't say, Oh, prepare yourself for this. Yeah. It just happens. And if you're not ready for it, then that's it. It can destroy you like that. Like you said, a lot of people have it worse than you as well. And those people might not have the training, they might not have the support, they might not have the people around them that helps them to get through it. And being able to help those people and give them the understanding and then give them the gratitude and perspective that they need to be happy is something that we're both extremely passionate about but my question is what do you believe out of the three stages of happiness that it's i don't know if you're aware of them but basically it's called pleasure passion and purpose so pleasure is something where it's like you do something you eat food you um i don't know you meet with your friends it's a it's a short-term happiness Mm, it's quite short you won't get deep fulfillment happiness on that um, you've got passion, which is just doing something that you feel strongly about, doing something that you care about, doing something that you feel, oh, I enjoy this, this makes me happy. And it's something that it could be like a hobby, something that you work on for a while. Or the third step is purpose. Now, purpose is something that you believe that you're here for. Purpose is something that you think, okay, this is the core of my life and this is why I'm on this planet. And now you mentioned that you're a Christian as well. On those three kind of stages, where would you see your happinesses at?
1: Uh, what right now? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Um. That's a tough one. Uh, I would say that I, I'm at that point, probably in the middle. I feel like I have. I, I'm. I'm getting onto that kind of idea of purpose, and that I'm slowly but surely working out what I feel like I'm here for. But. A lot of the time, I feel like that is forever changing with me, purely because I—I'm I, for one, I'm an indecisive person. I can't lie, and and so I'm terrible <laughs> at choosing things or choosing what I want to do. Um, and, and but also I feel as though I—I I am lucky as well, uh, for the fact of that. Um, I—I I have more than one talent. I wouldn't say I'm a master at a talent or something. I'm more of a jack of all trades kind of thing, and so jack of all I trades, master of none. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm the same. I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like I can apply myself to other things, and so I can kind of luckily choose where I want to go. And and to be honest, the thing that I'm starting to work out is is that no matter what I apply myself to, so the, the two main things that I love are problem solving within designing, and I love performing. So that can be acting, singing, whatever. And I find that both of them is a goal of that. I love bringing happiness to people like the bit that really makes me tick is where at the ending ending excuse me at the end of a performance and you get a standing ovation and everyone has absolutely loved the performance that fills me with enjoyment because I know I've made those people have an amazing evening have an amazing night or whatever or within design and and I know this this hasn't happened as much yet because I'm I'm very much a new designer. I've, I've not had much experience yet. But those experiences of where you go from designing a product and developing it to the point of where you give it to someone. Uh, for instance, I made a, a cup, which was to help those with dementia. And you give that cup to the dementia patient and see how much it changes their life. It fills me with so much happiness because I've just made their life better. And I've made their life Uh, happier in a sense and and that's just through me doing the tiniest thing of designing something and so for me to be able to do that I feel like I understand that my purpose is I want to make other people happy because I want to make people feel the happiness that I feel um the the majority of my life. That's it honestly and
0: how would you say that you discovered that that's what it is how did you come down to the decision of I think that this is what is the real key to my happiness and purpose.
1: Um, I'd say it's over time. A lot of it is just uh, the, the one thing that I have had been told repeatedly throughout my life is that, oh, Rob, you just need to wait. You just need to be patient or you just need to uh, have time for things. And I'm only starting to realize as I'm getting older now, even though I'm only 19, um, but, but I'm starting to realise that time is such a big thing and experience is such a big thing. And so from doing, what is it now? It'd probably something like 30-odd productions for school Uh, through drama productions and all sorts I started to learn over time of like how I could make people happy and how that by me improving my performance skills I can then make people come and have an enjoyable evening where they forget all about their worries and everything because they're just there enjoying the performance Um, and I also especially I'd say a lot in sixth form I I worked out I spent a lot of the lower sixth uh, which is first year of sixth form uh, being extremely within myself and being the kind of kid that stays within his tight-knit group, doesn't talk to many people and and just kind of keep myself to myself. And then I took the opportunity within Six to kind of go, no, you know what? I kind of want to broaden my horizons. I want to talk to more people. And from doing that, I found out about other people's experiences and I found out how I could make their lives better just through having a conversation even um, and just doing things like that. And that's what made me kind of realize yeah, I like this. I actually like this thing of giving. It's 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 always something that I think throughout my life it's been repeated, whether it be at school, through school rules or whatever, or through my parents uh, in how they brought me up in saying that it is always better to give than to receive it. it it's how it is, especially like, first thing that comes to my head is Christmas because when, when you give a present <laughs> to somebody, sometimes that feels so much better than receiving a present, uh, present from somewhere. Uh, especially the present isn't that great but (laughs) but by giving a present to somebody i feel so much better um because i feel like i am actually going out my way to say that i love you you're you're a brilliant person i'm so glad you're my friend or you're my family member or that you're within my circle of people Mm. and you're great, and, and I just love that. I, I, it's why I'm enjoying a lot of things that I'm doing now at uni, especially with networking, because cause I know that's something you love to do, Um, talking to Peter as well. Who you, You're both becoming experts in networking.
0: Yeah, we'll try and do it we'll again there. We'll get in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But no, I'm, I'm uh, it. Sorry, go on. I was saying, I'm absolutely loving it. Just trying out something like networking, which I've never done before, but it means you're getting to meet all these new people and all these people with different work experiences or experiences of life um, and different uh, opinions and everything. It's great. I love it at the moment. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay. So
0: you touched on a couple of things which relate to an actor. So you mentioned the fact that um, the dementia cup that you made. Yeah. Are that helping other people? You also have been working on a different project called PrepMate, which has been helping people with upper limb differences. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that and the kind of why you chose to work on that project?
1: So, um, for those that don't know, I'm, I, I'm going to be becoming the president of an actus next year, uh, which I'm very psyched for. Uh, <laughs> good, like, good. Uh, I am too. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. so pumped to just kind of make it the best that it can possibly be. But, but essentially, an actor has loads of different projects. And the the project that I've gone into is called Prepmate, which is making a chopping board for people with upper limb differences. or um, And it's starting to branch out to become for those that um, have dexterity issues as a possibility in the future. But... I chose that project because for one, I had an opportunity that was given to me to design something, which for me to be able to see my product out there, I I was thinking that's cool. That's really cool because as a designer, that's like your, your, your um, lifetime achievement goal with your first product. If you're able to see everyone using it, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, But, I I also joined PrepMate because I knew that I was going to be affecting uh, real people's lives with something real, because so much at school, school is great and all, but a lot of the time, it's very much like you're set up to do a concept. And so it's like, oh, cool, you did something that could help people, but it's never actually going to go anywhere. Whilst Enactus and university has given me the opportunity to be able to actually do that. And even from doing user testing with this chopping board and seeing, uh, like, where we had this kid who was doing, uh, who was trying out the chopping board, our prototype that we had made, for me to be able to see how effective that chopping board was, and for me to be able to see uh, how it was making him so happy that he was kind of going, "Oh my gosh, I, I can actually do this now." It was brilliant. Um, And even recently, I did some user testing two months ago with someone that was more like my age. I think he's 16, 17. And even for him to then go, oh, damn, I actually realize I can cook now because I can actually use a board uh, effectively. Because previously, he, he just hadn't cooked. He hadn't had the confidence to cook or do anything in the kitchen because he was saying that his upper limb difference was holding him back. For me to be able to give him a solution, which was making him smile, which was making him confident about cooking and confident about chopping up vegetables and just doing anything, to be honest, to, to do with chopping, it made me feel so good inside. And it made me want to strive to make the product even better and to be also able to impact more people's lives because it's just such a buzz. and I And I don't get it when I talk to people that don't get that buzz, if people don't get that buzz, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah,
0: I get you as well. I get the buzz. I get the buzz. Don't worry. Like when, when you can actually make an impact on someone's life, just full stop, when you can make an impact on someone's life, that's such a amazing place to be at. And like, you're so lucky if you can actually do that. And then the, the only thing that sometimes I think I might struggle with and I think other people struggle with as well as when you get to the point where you focus too much on making impact on a lot of people mm. and you forget about even just impact on one person that should be enough for you and sometimes we get greedy and we we'll just say oh, i need i need to impact more people and even though the the thought might be good of i want to help someone else as mm. as many people as i can that's great it can often it can be detrimental to focus on trying to help everyone
1: yeah yeah
0: how would you say that you focus on being consistent with the impact that you have rather than trying to go for full scale because as president for enactus next year this is these are the kind of things that <laughs> need to be considered
1: yeah um, so the key thing of like how you're trying to keep impact and keeping it consistent uh, with a group of people or with what what people in business terms would call like your target market, I'd say the key is communication and being able to keep that communication up with a uh, with that market. Um, of course, when you hit mass market, it's very much that you're just selling off units and and you're they're hoping that it's having impact on people's lives um but you haven't a clue what's actually happening with it and you're you're not having those connections with those people whilst of course, if you keep it to those specific uh that group of people, then it allows you to of course be able to create relationships which you which you may have not even imagined would happen, and it means that you are able to get direct feedback, which means that that direct feedback that you would get off impacting one person, you can people, because all of those 100 people are gonna be able to, as long as you have the connections with them, are gonna be able to directly come back to you and and tell you how good the product was for them and how it's changed their life. And that's such a beautiful thing because when, when it's mass market or when it's um, a big amount of people, yes, it brings the numbers, but it doesn't bring that personalization about And it doesn't, I don't think personally for me, it would give me the buzz because it'd be like, oh great, we've made some money or oh great, we've impacted. um, But I don't know any of them. I maybe know one person that I sold to down the street or whatever, but I don't know all those 10,000 people. I don't know how it's changed their lives or even if it's been effective in doing that. And so that's where... You have to find that balance, of course, of being able to have the right number of people so that you can make sure that you're going to get that direct feedback so you know how much your product is um, impacting those people's lives and how it's making them happy. Um, and on a point with this, um, this is where i f- of keeping, like, building happiness and making sure that you have happiness. There is such a big key about that you need to have people around you Like that moment where I've been in that moment last year of where you hit that moment of where you feel alone and you feel as though there's nobody there to help you or anything. That is close to being one of the worst positions you can be in because it makes you feel as though you have no one to reach out to. And so for people to be able to just talk to people who are their friends who they haven't talked to in a while that makes so much person knows you're there and and even having that little bit of connectivity especially now within lockdown uh, over social media having that little bit of connectivity it can change someone's day and it can make them feel as though i am loved because i feel like that's something i worked out last year of where i went through that moment of thinking no one likes me anymore no no one actually loves me because I, i i i'm here not being able to do anything i don't even love myself at the at that moment in time Um, For me then to be able to work out and go, wait a second, Robert, you've got a loving girlfriend, you've got loving friends and they're all here for you. You just need to maybe try and reach out yourself so that they'll reach out to you because it's something I think as humans we forget to do and and it's annoying but it seems to be a fact of life. How about a challenge now that anyone who's watching this has to get in
0: contact with five people that they know they might be talking to regularly they might not have spoken to a while and just let them know that either you appreciate them or you want to talk to them, just reach out to five people, right? Could be your parents, could be friends, family, whoever, right? Just five people, just message them right now mm. and just let them know that you care about them, that you want to talk to them, that you want them in your life. It doesn't have to be anything deep. It doesn't have to be too serious. Just reach out to them mm. just as, as a thing, because I completely agree. I think, it is often about just kind of taking that first step but, and it reminds you about how much people care like I know I've got a lot of friends from like even Loughborough or even Shields where I'm from South Shields like if I message them then I know they're engaged and I know that they're interested but sometimes if I don't message them they might not message me in a while and then it's like that oh I don't really know and then no one puts in the effort but if you yeah. just take that first initial step and you just message them. You don't know how much that can help you, and how much it can even help the other person as well. You might be sitting there thinking, "Oh, why is no one messaging me?" Be the person who actually starts that conversation, because mm. you don't have, you don't know how much of an impact just starting that conversation could have on that person's life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like but my experience last summer, some of the greatest conversations that I had with anybody were people that I wasn't expecting. So like just the random people just messaging me and just being like, Hey, you all right or whatever. And I was just like, what? This person's talking to me. This is quite a surprise. Um, And it's because you expect too much that it should be your family or that it should be your really closest mate. But at the end of the day, if anyone messages you um, or gets in contact with you or knows that they appreciate you or they love you or whatever, it can make so much of a difference. And when you go down that spiral of like depression and um, and lack of confidence and everything, and you hit rock bottom, the easiest thing for you to make you feel better is a trigger. And the easiest trigger for that to happen, I found last year, was for if someone that I that I know, uh, that if somebody messages me and tells me how much they love me, or, or if someone goes, I appreciate you, or just even asking, how are you, or whatever, just start the conversation, because it's needed a lot more within human society. Exactly.
0: That's very true. That's very true. Honestly, mate, the, the, the advice that sometimes we talk about and the things that we do, like, even that's life-changing. Like, can you imagine one person listens to this podcast, one person all it takes just to do that, just to talk to someone. We have no idea. Like, it actually, it makes me so happy, the fact that we can have this impact on people and the power that us as humans do have and the lack of which it is used to its full extent. Because there is, we can do a lot. We can do so much, but it's about understanding what we can do and how much of an impact that we can have. But okay, okay. So I'm not sure how quickly this is going to end, but just to finish off, I know you did say that you want to talk about mental health charities. Yes, yeah. Which ones would you like to talk about?
1: Um, Well, specifically, I'd like to talk about Mind um, because... um, uh, with mind, I, I previously, I remember as a younger teenager, I'd heard a lot about them and I'd, and I'd kind of gone, they seem like the good people to turn to when, when you maybe don't feel your best. Um, but a lot of the key of when you feel your worst, cause I've, I've talked to people before when, um, I've even talked to someone before of where they've felt suicidal and, and the, the one thing they don't want to do is contact other people. And so if you're able to have a way of getting, uh, of understanding, right, how do I talk to this person or how do I um, understand what they're going through? I found that Mind was really good at that in giving me information that I needed. Um, and also even Samaritans, um, I believe it's Samaritans, yeah, of where you can call them up and they will be able to talk to you on the phone and just let you go through whatever you're feeling or thinking and they have no judgment on it at all and i remember i've i've only used them once or twice but every single time that i used them it was just a great way of in a form of a bit like counseling just to let out any kind of worries that you had or let out anything that you have um because I understand some people go through times like like I I went through the times that I did of where you feel alone and you feel like there's nobody to talk to, or there's no one that you can confide within. And so to have that stranger that you're able to just talk to even over the phone, that can make so much of a difference because they can go, it's all right, it's okay, Like this is um, relatable, we understand why you're going through this, it makes sense. Um, because because one thing I have to say that I think even still now, um, I, I've spoken to a counselor in the, in the past few weeks just about life and everything because I, I don't know why. I just find it to be a really positive thing to do because I can confide with them and I can uh, understand the psychology of how people work a bit more because, um, uh, in fact, they're, they're a psychology teacher. And so they, they understand how the brain works and I want to understand that more. But talking to them, even doing that, just makes uh, makes you feel a lot better. And so, any way that, so so essentially, if people want information about mental health and stuff like that, and how they should uh, go around tackling it, Mind is a perfect way to go through that. And if people want someone to talk to, uh, Samaritans, I'd say, is a brilliant way to go through that. Um, And if you feel like that talking to that stranger is the wrong thing to do, then I would say no matter how hard it feels, just talk to anybody who is within your circle or talk to your friends because there's all the time, there's loads of hardship of where it's really hard to talk to your parents. Or sometimes you feel like it's hard to talk to your mates because you feel like they'll have that little bit about them that's judging you. But at the end of the day, they're your mates. They're your parents. They love you. They do not care what you say. They want to make sure that you're okay because they love you. And that's just how it is. And and that's something I had to get my head around. And once I did, I understood that, oh damn, there's actually quite a lot of people around here who love me and who appreciate me and who, and who want to see me happy. And so easiest thing is just Reach out in any way possible because that's all you need at the end of the day is someone to pick you back up, whoever that someone may be.
0: That was a a really nice message to finish on. Now, Mind and Samaritans will be both kind of linked below or added if this is on Instagram. But no, I completely agree. A lot of people do feel the kind of stigma of like, oh, they're going to judge me or show weakness or something like that. Humans are not perfect. We're not machines. We aren't made to be able to deal with all these difficult things in life. We are, we are all flawed in our own way. We do need to sometimes open up or talk to someone. And having weakness is not a bad thing. Like, even if you want to message me or Rob, like you'll be able to find our kind of personal profiles or whatever. If you want to get in touch with us, talk to someone. If you don't feel like your parents are there, if you don't feel like your friends are there, just honestly... It's it's so therapeutic. What I do sometimes is I just go for a walk and I'll just talk to myself. Sometimes I'll record the conversations I have with myself and then listen to them back afterwards and try and understand why I was saying what I was saying, why I was thinking what I was thinking. But just that conversation, it needs to happen. And you having it in your mind isn't efficient at all. And you, no. that's where overthinking comes into play. That's where anxiety comes in. You need to have that conversation with another person, a level-headed person who's going to, help you to understand and explain or even if they can't explain just listen to you it's Mm. it's so important that you have that conversation but that is where we're going to leave the podcast episode for today it's been great having you on Rob thank you so much for coming on and thank Thank you for for sharing the story no honestly it was was really good the whole story was a shock to me as well like I've never heard it before so I'm still kind of baffled by it but yeah honestly thanks for coming on thanks for sharing I know it's not easy but there's some really good key messages that people can take from this podcast and I really hope to do but that is it thanks for coming and I'll see you bye